Hey y'all, welcome to episode number one of the Author Shenanigans podcast, where we will deep dive into the brains of our favorite authors and learn the things we have been dying to know. How do they get into writing? What's their favorite scene from their own books? Is their romance story from personal experience? And is a hot dog a sandwich? I'm your host, Sarah Hickner, also host of the Live, Ride, Learn podcast, blogger at liveridelearn.com, and soon to be a published author. The Author Shenanigans podcast will feature authors from many genres, but today's guests specialize in YA fantasy and together have written some of my very favorite series. Our interview is so juicy that I had to split it up into two episodes, and be sure to listen all the way to the end where we will tell you how you can win a free paperback copy of of thorns and beauty so without further ado i present to you our very first interview for the author shenanigans podcast hey y'all welcome to the author shenanigans podcast this is your host sarah hickner and today i have two of my favorite authors robin and l hey robin and l hey Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for so being excited. a part of my very first um, author shenanigans podcast. So tell us before we really get going and find out what makes your brains tick. Tell us what's going on in life and your new projects and everything. <laughs> uh, well, we're currently taking a little bit of a brain break. Uh, we just wrapped up edits for Of Beast and Vengeance, which is the second book in our Twisted Pages series. And we are actually having a, a chat tomorrow to start plotting our next book. So we're really excited. And we're keeping that one top secret. Can't tell anyone oh, what that is yet. <laughs> I was just going to ask, would it have to do with the teaser at the very end? Well, we do. We have already, um, we have already revealed that cover and title. So I am going to go okay. ahead and say that the next in the Twisted Pages series will be of Glass and Ashes. Yes. And it does have to do with that teaser at the end. And we are super excited about it. But the caveat to that is there's no guarantee that will be the next book we release. So stay tuned for that because oh, that is what's gosh. top secret. That is like, you're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me. Okay, so I just finished. Um, I I feel so honored to be a part of your art team. And so I just finished is of Beast and Vengeance. I get kind of confused with the name. Yeah, sorry. That there well, yeah. we made them complicated. So <laughs> Okay. I feel better that I'm not alone in being confused with the names, but the books are so good. I didn't <laughs> sleep for like two nights. And <laughs> Um, first I was so excited and I was in the middle of another book and I was determined to finish it and not cause I'm in the middle of two other books aside. So I was like, I'm going to finish this one arc before I start y'all's arc, which meant I had a sleepless night cause I wanted to knock it out so that I could get to yours. And then I didn't sleep when I was reading it, your book. And it was so good. Yeah. I don't know how y'all make such magnetic books that like you can't put them down. That is amazing to hear. Like you've just, I know I'm speaking for both of us when I say you've made our day. No, but it's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, this one was really, really hard. Actually, both, both books were really difficult because our main character, Zaina, is such a unique individual and she has such a dark history 
that writing her takes a lot more out of us than our other series have because to get yeah. into her headspace and make you feel what she feels and think the way that she thinks. I know for me personally, she is so opposite of my personality, like in every way that it, it's a little difficult to get in there. Um, and the books it, are also technically harder to write because she thinks in kind of a complicated pattern and the plots mm. are all interwoven and we've got two other duology kind of things to think about weaving into these. And so they do, they take a lot of emotional energy and they take a lot of mental energy. Yeah. So it means a lot that people are enjoying them. And now I need to ask you, like, what did you think about the sequel? Did you like it as much as the first book? was the first book but I just I need to know all the things Sarah uh, okay this is a really hard question so <laughs> I think the first book I loved because you're diving into this unknown I mean you don't you don't know the characters yet you don't you, it's just so unknown you know and um and for everyone listening my horse Gideon was featured in the book and so I was like every page I'm like is this the one is this the page where Gideon appears you know and so <laughs> Um, there is that excitement, but I think, uh, but it's hard. Like it's, it's two different kind of likes. Mm-hmm. I loved the second one because I loved the development of the love story. And I feel like the first one was darker. And I think I love reading. I loved it because when you have that darkness, but then you shine a light in spots and it's so beautiful. And so I love that y'all did that. But then the second book was easier to read because there was less darkness or there was more like kind of con- the main, um, did Einar, is I- Einar, how do you say his name? Einar. Einar. Okay. What? I said Einar in my head. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, he's more with her, even though I do want to shake him sometimes, but he's more with her. And, uh, and so I think it just made it, I don't know, it was a little easier to read emotionally, but both good. So it's like, it was, I like having resolution of things too. Mm -hmm. The resolution of things was good. And I was like, how are they going to do this? What's going to happen? Um, and yeah, so they were both really good, but in totally different ways. Great. That's awesome. Was that a non-answer? Yeah, no, no, it was a a great answer. That's exactly, that's kind of along the lines of, of what I was hoping to hear. (laughs) Like one of them wasn't significantly better than the other. They just have different things to offer. Mm -hmm. Okay. I also felt a little justified because I had heard being part of your art group and everything, I had heard a little pushback on, well, and I had heard y'all had had pushback from editors on how dark Zaina was did I say her name right I'm really bad with that's okay Zaina Zaina so um that she was so dark and I know you like you'd had an editor say you didn't even know if she was likable and I always liked her I mean from the very minute like opening of the book it's obvious like she has been handed a really crap deal in life and so you know she's coming from that perspective so when people issue with that like I'm sorry she's not she's gonna be full of thorns like her life is hard and so I love that in the second book like it people talk about it more like instead of just hating and the other characters around her instead of being mad at her Mm -hmm. for being thorny they it you know we saw more of her backstory and like people had grace for her because I'm like she she needs grace man she's yeah she's earned grace she's doing what she can and I think too 
totally not like outside of the book I think it's something that's kind of been my new thing in life is understanding that we all need grace from you know we're all just trying our hardest Mm -hmm. and we all have different backstories and different perspectives and we're all coming from different things and we have different goals in life and just you know most of us not everyone is great but most people are just trying their hardest absolutely I've learned to have grace for people and we try really hard something that's important to us and but Mm -hmm. we try very hard to make sure that Every character does come from their own place with their own perspective. We don't like one character to be the one who's in the right and one who's the one in the wrong. Yeah. People do things. They come from different places. They have their own motivations, but they also just have their own way of reasoning and thinking about things. And I love like it's like crack to me this moment where even our main character just kind of gets you know their butt handed to them in terms Mm -hmm. of you did these things and you thought you were right, but you weren't. And I love seeing our characters from the perspectives of other characters in the novel that will kind of shed different light on what they're doing. And I like I'm so glad that you appreciated that because that's something that we try so hard to bake in there. Just this concept of, like you said, of course, some people are just villains in the story and in real life. But for the most part, people are flawed and they do the best that they can and in no relationship or in no story was one person always the one in the right and the other one was always the one in the wrong. It just kind of depends on who's telling that narrative. Yeah, and it it means a lot to us that people are enjoying Zaina more because something else that's important to us is to make complex characters and make our main characters different from the last one. So people who went into this series expecting someone like Charlie or someone like Addie who are on totally different ends of the spectrum there are getting something completely different with Saina herself. And that's going to be the case with Aika and Mel, the next two sisters in the, in the, the series. They're all, they all went through this horrible life together, this, these horrible backgrounds, and they all handled it differently. Um, Zaina is very guarded and we pulled a lot from our relationships with different friends we have and even our sisters all of us can go through the same things and you might see three siblings react in completely different ways. And we wanted it to be real. We always want readers out there to connect to one of our characters. So maybe not everyone likes or is like Charlie, or maybe not everyone relates to Addie, but maybe they'll relate to Zaina or, you know, vice versa. We just, we want to create a character for everyone. And so we, we try to make our characters as different as possible in each series. I love it. Because I do, you know, I, I read some authors where their main character is always kind of the same person. Yeah. Like, and I love that main character, but we see her in every book. Um, so I love that you've done that. And I love, like, I look forward to the rest of the Twisted Pages and seeing how the different sisters handle it. Because that's a really interesting take on things. Yeah, we're, we're really excited. And we're, we're especially excited to dive into Aika. Um, she'll be the next two books coming up in Twisted Pages, and we've been looking forward to her for a long time. Her story is a Cinderella retelling uh, with, you know, with a twist, just th- the same way that we did for Zaina for Beauty and the Beast. Um, but she's she's a lot more fun. <laughs> we can't <Yeah>. wait. <laughs> yes. She's she's not so dark and reserved. Is that, that is yeah, exactly what we're saying? <laughs> yeah. So like, so like Zaina is more of that guarded personality. Like I do this for my sisters. I'm here because it's my responsibility. And everything she does is very intentional. Yeah. 
And Aika is more like, well, life sucks and then you die. <laughs> so she's a very opposite take uh, than Zygina. So it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun to dive into her world. I can't wait. Okay, so real quick. We've talked a lot about the of Thorns and Beauty and of Beasts and Vengeance because that is like what is coming out. What day is it coming out? January twenty second. Yes. Next Friday. Okay, so January twenty second. It's coming out very soon. But I want to take a second to talk about the Lachlan <laughs> Treaty because this is why I fell in love with it. <laughs> um, it's so good. Y'all create these moments where it's. You know, it's happening in the characters' lives, but it's normal moments. And I gather you created these moments because they happen to you. But like, you're not wrong. I can never put my cold feet on my husband without thinking of the Lachlan Treaty. And I laugh under my breath every time. And then I just press my feet against him and think of Logan. That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, like I, my I husband swears so, my oh, feet no. are never warm, so I can vouch for this being my yeah, occurrence. mine aren't either. I can't get warm in bed at night unless I put my feet against my husband. Like if he's not there for some reason, my feet are just perpetually cold. So we loved yeah, yeah, we loved putting that into Charlie when when Robin first came <laughs> up with that scene. I was just like, yes, this is everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And then, of course, y'all know I have a love for the fever scene. Like, that is, like, will always be the scene that makes me So let me, me tell you, the best part about the I'm fever like... scene is that I was running fever while I wrote. Yes. She was very <laughs> sick and, like, holed up in her bedroom for an entire, like, four-day weekend. And I went over to check on her and to bring her a couple. <laughs> oh, Ellie, you cut out. I disappeared for a second. Can you hear me now? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know where I lost you, but I went over to check on her. I went over to check on her and take her a couple of things. And she was just deliriously feverish (laughs) in her bed. And she'd written like 15,000 words of our story. And I'm like, whoa, okay, what is happening? And then I read it and I'm like, okay, this is literally perfect. We have to keep all of it. This is phenomenal. And he's being generous. We definitely didn't keep all of it. Some of it was in fact delirious. But my favorite part of this is that the, the line that people like, what I love about working with Elle and our teamwork is that. I, I love that like every scene has some of both of us infused into it. So even mm-hmm. though like, yes, I was, I was feverish when I wrote that and just amusing myself to no end. I actually wrote the line, stab him with my bare chested dagger. And she <laughs> reads it and she's like, wouldn't it Wait. be funny if we called it a booby dagger? And I was like, <laughs> yes, I was like, it does not it did it. And I was no. like talking about that. Was wood. That was me adding on to her deliriousness. And people oh, message us so left good. and right about that line. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. baby dagger is so good. For the yeah, and for those who That's don't amazing. know, our main character is kind is a naive princess and she ends up in this forest full of thieves. Very, very like the scene in Ever After with the gypsies. Yes. <laughs> and one of the characters likes to rile her up and embarrass her so she gives her a dagger that is a bare-chested mer- mermaid so that comes up later <laughs> with her being delirious and, at first she's embarrassed and then and then she just owns that dagger. and then she just and owns I it. love it yes yeah yeah it's it's good so if you are listening and you're not familiar with ellen robin you've got 
to read the Lachlan Treaty, and then as soon as you're done, because you'll finish it in two days and you won't sleep, so just warn you. Um, then just go right on into A Beast and Vengeance, not wait, of no, Thorns and Beauty, of Thorns and Beauty, and then, and then probably you'll finish all of those just in time for uh, A Beast and Vengeance release day. So, um, just go ahead and buy go to the grocery store now and buy all the food that you need because you're not leaving stock up with snacks get ready to laugh and cry yeah. and then laugh again l writes food like nobody's business so get yourself <laughs> some pastries because her writing makes people hungry okay so speaking of writing food like the bread making in the in the cabin oh y'all are so, okay wait so this is a question that i am always dying to ask authors because this is the deal. I, I am writing too, but I have realized in my life, I bring reality to paper. Like that is when I painted in high school, I could do an exact depiction of a horse or an exact depiction of a landscape, but I couldn't like make anything up from nothing. And that's what my writing is turning into is exact depictions of what happened. But y'all like create really great fictional Thank stuff. You. Does it with your romance and stuff? I'm always like, is this pulled from real life or are you like daydreaming of what you wish your husband would be like? Cause I love my husband and he is wonderful, but he never can like hold a candle to the boys. In books. <laughs> so I'm like, eh, did I get the short end of the stick or my husband is not as romantic as I other mean, people? Everything is a little bit is romanticized in books, like you mentioned. And there are definitely scenes that are pulled from real life and, and from our husbands or, I mean, don't tell them even like exes, like you just pull from experiences, <laughs> yeah. you pull from what you know. Um, but also we're really fascinated by psychology. And one thing that we did when we went into um, writing Winter's Captive, which is the first book in the Lachlan Treaty, is we came up with personality types like from Myers-Briggs and we came up with basic personality okay. types for these characters. And then studying each of those personality types, you see how they would interact with another one. And then it kind of just goes from that is there. so good. <laughs> and some of it, so like I, as far as like where we get the inspiration from it, I mean, definitely some of it is based on real life experiences. Some of it is just based off of like putting myself or this character more likely not really myself into this situation mm -hmm. like she said how would these people react and she will tell you how I visualize our books when we start and this is going to be to the general surprise of no one is I have to I picture the romance and I picture a couple of their like major arguments <laughs> and those <Yeah. laughs> those propel me through the plot because once I know what they care enough to fight about, I feel like I know them. And so those like massive knockdown drag out fights that our characters have, like I definitely live for those and they aren't necessarily from any kind of experience. They're more just from, <laughs> from the imaginings of like, I think, I think there's no one in the world who, when it comes to the person that you are passionate about, doesn't care enough to get in like a major argument with them and so no matter what personality type you are whether you are prone to arguments whether you're prone to speaking your mind I feel like that happens in some way not in the exact same way it doesn't look the same for everyone some people are gonna more like yell ramble and some people just a couple bitten out words of like you think this but this is true um and seeing those moments is what kind of helps the story come together for me
And it helps the little things along the way, because once I know what the major issue is, then I, I can start imagining ways to highlight it along the way. All of these little things are going to lead to this here. And to go back to your romantic okay. idealization of, of these characters, for Brit, for Robin, that is romance. <laughs> she likes, she, <laughs> well, she's very attracted, attracted to the uh, argumentative or like a good argument. The matching of wits. Yes, okay. exactly. Because <laughs> I really don't argue much. Like my husband and I don't argue. That's amazing. It is. We, mm-hmm. Well, it's not always yeah. healthy. I think sometimes you need to just fight it out, but. And that was um, kind of Charlie's we're... baked into Charlie's character. Yeah, Charlie didn't like to argue because I don't like to argue. I will, yeah. but I don't like to. <laughs> yeah, we're really, we don't argue. It's like, I think we both um, have, you know how when you argue, you say things yes. you can't take back? That like, you will hold on to yes. for 20 years. Like, you don't mean to, but you can. And my husband and I are both very aware of that. And we're both really sensitive to words. And so we just don't even go there. Like, if at all possible, we avoid it at all costs. And we try to, like, just, like, talk See, now, really that's very romantic, Sarah. <laughs> it is? It is. It was mean. He said something ugly. In 10 years, I still remember mm-hmm. how I felt when he said that. And it's like, and I'm just grateful that we're not the kind of couple that mm-hmm. does that all the time. Because how could I, you know, if one time, and it's, I don't even remember what it was anymore. I just remember how it felt. And um, so I, I guess I've released it enough that whatever. But um, like, if that was a regular occurrence, I just don't, I don't know how you well, yeah. I think out, so. I think part of that is maybe, maybe the misconception of the word argument, because I don't think every argument yeah. and certainly not every argument in real life or that our characters have has to involve saying hurtful things so much as arguing your viewpoint on a matter. Oh, I don't think it should. I don't think arguments should involve mm-hmm. saying hurtful things, but <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I think that's, well, this is like, this is not a shenanigan. This is getting too deep, but I think that's part of our, the issue with our culture is we can't just argue stuff out without being hurtful. Anymore. Yeah. Like we just need to be able to like argue about it and move on and not get so offended mm-hmm. and offensive. Oh, let's go with something <laughs> lighter. Okay. So I have a whole list of questions. What made y'all want to write books? Uh, for me personally, I, I started writing when I was really young. Um, I remember stopping because it, well, that's not super light, but I had someone make fun of my work that I was really proud of. And I was about 14 and I was writing this high fantasy story and I was so excited. I was a huge fan of Terry Brooks and J.R. Tolkien. And like, I, I love fantasy. I wanted to live in fantasy and I kind of got, I kind of got knocked down a little bit. So I stopped for a long time. I still liked being creative. I love to read, but it didn't really happen for me until I met Robin. Um, she and her, the, the duo, the husband and wife duo, that is Robin Maley started telling me about their project and I'll let, I'll let her take it from there. Uh, so yeah, I actually, as, as a kid and a teenager, I liked writing, but kind of like you, like you mentioned, Sarah, I wasn't really good at making things up. I wasn't, 
I wasn't much of a daydreamer in terms of coming up with these grand stories. I just, I remember I would write like papers even for science and my teachers would tell me they were just the most entertaining ones they had read. They liked the style that I wrote in, but I never felt like I had anything original to say. I never felt like I could plot out an entire book. So my husband is incredibly creative and he has this just like insanely creative mind where he can just sit there and act things out in his head and like and my son's the same way they take two pencils and they're sword fighting they're gone for hours and <laughs> I I was so fascinated by that and he was never much of a reader he was into comic books he was into um anime but not so much reading and so he went um on this kind of retreat where he had a lot of spare time and I sent him um, two of my favorite series, Legend by Marie Lu and The False Prince by Jennifer Nielsen. And it just kind of sparked this idea in him. And I was like, look, I love young adult literature and I love actually writing. And he has the story. I have the characters, some of them. He had, he had a lot of them. And so we just kind of blended his plot and his world building with my actual liking to put words on the page. And that was for the Fractured Empire. Um, we just finished that, the World Apart series. And... Which is so good. Just to <laughs> plug, you. everybody needs to go get that one. Too. No, no worries. And go so um, he, he actually really balked at the romance at first. And finally, I was like, look, you do what you do and I do what I do. <laughs> I really like romance. So I'm putting that in here. And so <laughs> once once that story was out there, I thought... You know, I'm kind of an overly pragmatic person. I was like, well, I'm not just going to write for a hobby. I should try to actually publish it. And I was like, well, you know, sometimes this this genre of fantasy is a little harder to market. Let's try, let's try something else. Let's try something a little, maybe a little easier, a little faster to write. Let's just try a medieval fantasy. So I called Ella up and I was like pitching these ideas. And she had been. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Did y'all know each other? Because you were neighbors. <laughs> yes. How did you know we we actually we actually used to live like a block away from each other, but we met through mutual friends. <clears throat> at a I had a star I had an have an annual Star Wars party before COVID happened, and um, okay. some of my friends were like, "Hey, this new family moved into town. Can I invite them? And I think you really like them." And yeah, they came over. Spoiler and alert, She didn't really like me at first, but she definitely <laughs> likes me now. <laughs> Maybe definitely is a strong word. Isn't that the best friendships? Is like we don't like. I didn't not like her. I wasn't (laughs) sure of her. So anyway, she was a challenge, but yeah, the rest is history. We're super close now. Our families are super close. She's like a a sister to me. We fight like sisters. We love like sisters. Like we get along. We think this. Like we think very similar things. We're on the same page. We know what the other is thinking. If something crazy happens so I'm grateful and it's really honestly such a gift and that's what what I was going to say about when I when I pitched this idea of the medieval and Elle had been helping me write um really go in and just kind of add a little bit of humanity to I tend to think things the way I think them and then I say them the way I think them and I'm like well this makes perfect sense because it's true and she's like but I'm that's like, let's, let's but that's that. not how people say things but I know what might, you mean but that's not how she means how. this and I'm like well they shouldn't think that because that's not what I said she's like no let's just let's just bring it back around and so she had already been on this uh, manuscript with me for months and it had really valuable inputs and I was 
I don't really remember which of us suggested it, but I do remember we just decided to write Winter's Captive together. I was like, well, let's just do this thing. And you called me up and you had two ideas for how Winter's Captive would go. And I remember telling you which of the which of the concepts I thought would be better. And I was on Stephen's side, your husband's side, and you wanted the other one. I'm sure. That <laughs> and then is unsurprising to me. I remember my <laughs> stomach, like while I'd helped write a few scenes or like a line here or there in the Tempest Sea, I remember my stomach being a knot when I was like, if you want, I could write this with you. <laughs> and I remember being super nervous about it. And she was just like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and it was... So- it was like I after after Stephen had really done most of the plotting for the other book, I didn't know if I was even capable of that. And I think that largely for Winter's Captive, I think it was still mostly you and Stephen <laughs> who <laughs> plotted the like the world <laughs> aspects, the like this country and this country and this stuff. And I was like, okay, but here's how I want some of the romance to go. Can she have a friend that does this? Can they be brothers? <laughs> I was very like, I I had these more relationship aspects. And it honestly probably wasn't until of Thorns and Beauty that I started to feel like maybe I could plot as well as just be an addition to a writing team. As well as write. So that was yeah. a real process for me. I don't think I ever would have written a book without Stephen or later Elle. Yeah. And what was what was super fun That's about so cool. Lachlan, too, is it was a very basic concept. It was like a, a three-point concept for, for the story, for Winter's Captive, for the whole series, whatever. And it was very character-driven. So once we got to know these characters, we knew some things that were going to happen, but we really let the characters lead us. And that was super fun. Like, Thea was never supposed to be important to that story. The thieves were never yeah. supposed to be important. Neither were Bridget and Jimmy. They were just these side characters that were like, hey, what would happen if we did this? And then it evolved from there. And that series was, it was difficult in its own way, but it was super fun because we got to let the characters lead us. And I will say that without spoilers, Oliver's character arc really went in a direction Mm -hmm. that we didn't necessarily expect and we loved the direction it took yeah and it was it was really um yeah I I do excel at finding plot holes just not creating (laughs) plots which makes for some interesting conversations with us where I'm just like no 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 but Lachlan um was really it was it's and I love that people love that story with us because I was worried that maybe it was too simple in the beginning but it was just like she said it gave us so much freedom to cater to these characters and let them run the show well I think that like this is like a a lesson (laughs) in writing a book so if anyone listening has aspirations I love that you took okay so with my uh, Mary Kay business, we do a lot of personality studies. And I love that y'all like broke down Myers-Briggs and created personalities and studied how they would interact. Because when you create a character-driven book, like that's, that's what really set it all apart and made it so magical, I think. And I had no idea when I was reading it. And I love studying personalities. And I never thought like, I don't carry that over into reading. I don't think, oh, well, this is an INTJ. That's, it's funny that you or, say that because this is a, or she's an S on yeah, the disc personality. The you know, but... characters definitely started with certain personalities. 
like Charlie started as an INTJ in the very first draft and eventually evolved into an yeah. ENFJ. Like she eventually became so different because once you start, we didn't like very rigidly stick to our original concepts. We let the characters kind of evolve. Like Charlie started as this person who was like, well, this is what I have to do and this and this and this. And then she I'll do this. She was kind of hyper and, and a perfectionist and a type A personality. <clears throat> yes. And she did not wind up that way at all. No, she didn't. Okay, so maybe this is what, one reason I love it, although everybody loves it. I was an INTJ when I first studied Myers-Briggs, and now I'm a totally different person. I love understanding why people do what they do. I think that humanity as a whole is better if we all, like you talked about earlier, have a little grace for the next, for the next person. If, if you, if you understand the way someone thinks, because it's not really a personality type, it's a, it's the way their brain processes information and feelings. And so if you understand why a person thinks this way and when they communicate, why they communicate that way, if you really understand it, then you're not as quick to be offended or confused. You take a second to think about yeah. what they're trying to say. And that's not always easy. I definitely am guilty of not doing that all the time. But I think sometimes the reason why our, our type will change if we take that test is that as we grow, there's the Pygmalion effect of being around other people and the influence that they have on our lives. But also we understand ourselves better the older we get. And so I think if you take the test at at one point and your results are this, and then you take it again later and your results are this, that a lot of times is just because you understand yourself better. Cut. Oh, I'm so sorry that I had to cut it off y'all, but it was hitting the 30 minute mark and I didn't want to make too long of an episode. So... In a couple days, I will be releasing part two of this interview where we get into funnier and deeper and more raw stuff. This was such a fun interview for me. So um, stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe so that you get the notification when the next part two hits. And also, I don't know how you found out about this podcast, um, but it was probably through me or one of the authors. So make sure that you check around and find the link for the Rafflecopter, where we are doing the paperback giveaway of Thorns and Beauty. I'm going to have it posted on my Instagram, which is author underscore shenanigans underscore podcast. And Elle and Robin are going to have it posted in their Facebook group. I'll also have it posted in the Author Shenanigans Facebook group, and I'm going to try to put it in the little about section of this podcast. So we're going to try to make it as accessible as possible so that you can get entered to win a free brand new copy of your very own of the Of Thorns and Beauty, which is an incredible book. I am like super jealous for whoever wins it. So anyway, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe review all the things, share it with a friend if you loved it, and have an amazing day.